Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Firm. I'm here with Lance, immune psycho, never gets sick psycho. That's wow. better than immune, never gets sick psycho. I'm uh, I'm Alex. Bring your kids to work day, Dad. Yeah. That's my name. I'm expecting them at any point, if you're watching on YouTube, to come scrambling down the stairs and asking for Dad. Yes. Yes. I, I'm i hopeful that and they will And then won't. I'm going to make the biggest one Yeah. read. I'm going to make him read my reads if he does that. That will be an extreme struggle since he just graduated kindergarten. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I have something for everyone. Uh, do you want to know how we built a highly profitable firm while reducing stress and working less? If you're a business owner of an architecture or engineering, which means mechanical, electrical, plumbing, civil, structural, blah, 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 pay close attention. Lance and I have built with our team an architecture firm that is the highest rated in Colorado and a profit that doubles the industry standard. Our profit strategy is based on constantly improving culture. This means that we are getting and executing work without stressing about deadlines, without being late, or even working more than 40 hours per week. It is a standard here. Check out the presentation by going to buildabetterco.co.com. That's buildabetterco.com. Uh, where you'll be taken to a sign-up page, you can sign up, watch the presentation on a 24-hour pass. Uh, one person, uh, we showed Jake how to leverage a lean culture and improve his marketing. He is now has more work coming in uh, and his firm is even expanding wow. while increasing profitability. Wow. He's hiring. Quote from him, Alex and his team has laid out a time-tested and real-world-tested framework that has everything you need to know to skyrocket your business to the next level. doesn't matter if you've tried other systems or been flying by the seat of your pants or picking up tidbits of information here or there. Go watch our presentation at buildabetterco.com. Architects, if you can't find the product data you're looking for, you might be using the wrong search engine. Broad search results searches result in consumer products, out-of-date information, and websites that hide or don't have the information you're looking for. If you need specifications, CAD or BIM, Arcat.com is your search engine. Find and download the up-to-date data you need fast. Arcat.com is free and requires no registration. So try ARCAT.com today. That's ARCAT.com. Last and certainly not least, you head on over to PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm, and there you will experience a collection of brands that brings your creative vision to life. The luxury division of Pella is a world-class collection of brands, including Duratherm, Riley, and Benelli, all pioneers of industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. During this new year, we know how important it is to step back and spend time in gratitude. We appreciate all our clients trusting us with their projects in a record-breaking year. We are excited and ready to take on the new year in 2023. The luxury division of Pella doesn't push beyond limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. Al, back to you. Well, <coughs> I think we want to talk about experts and mentors. Yes. So critical to your success. Yep. So critical. Let's say I'm going to give you a couple different scenarios. Okay. okay. Let's say 
let's say you're starting an architecture company. Let's say you're starting a construction company. Let's say you're starting a real estate company. Let's say you're starting a YouTube channel. Let's say you're starting a separate company that helps people build 30% profit. Hmm. And you need you need expert advice on how you're going to market your course. And, and, and deliver the information so yes. it actually works. Yep. Yes, yes. So when you're doing any of those things, right at the beginning, I think if you have the ability to be humble and humble yourself in such a way where you can go, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. Even though even though you do know how to do like the practice of architecture, you have built many things in your life. Maybe you've even fixed fixed bought a house, fixed it, flipped it. You've essentially done real estate investment at that point. You've already taught other courses for a decade. You're still reaching out to people right away. And, and so I want to bring up I this is like something like that's just so fundamental that I think it's missed is having the humility to call in the experts. Yeah. Buy them lunch pay them money so uh, you know the, uh, a, we can talk about Jared Boland, but i would love to hear your i i got one so um here here's a quote i don't think i made it up i think it was someone else but i'll say it. it's not what you know it's what you do right interesting so because you can know a whole bunch of stuff but one thing that we did especially with our marketing and our um organic sales and our website i i knew how to put together a website yep we, we've done it before. Yep. We, we, we know what, what marketing is. We know all this other stuff. We hired a very expensive expert that literally they're only doing maybe half the work, not even, and then just directing us to do the other half. And it's just paid, it's paid for itself. Like it is, they know the metrics. They know what to shoot for. They know how to schedule it. They know uh, what to put together. They, t they literally just tell us what to do next. Make this page next. Here's your three options. Which one do you think will have the most impact? Oh, that one. Okay. Execute it. Um, that's, that's paying for experts. Even though we know marketing, we know how to make a website. We know how to blog it. it ju just, just the structure of it. And then the guidance and advice from there's 10 million options. To now you guys have three options. Yes. Oh, let's rank order them. Yes. And then execute them. Like, that's it. Our, our website, which I thought was good ever since probably the first one I did, probably because I did it myself. Actually, ego, the second ego. one. Ego. Exactly. This, the first one was kind of trash. Do you remember it had the, the scrolling yeah, 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 images? Yeah, yeah. This, this website is, an, is a weapon that we have now. Thank you. It I is agree. a weapon. It's fast. And I'll give you guys a hint on how well the experts that we have hired their advice is working for us. We're doing, like Alex said, it's like half and half. They're doing a lot of the upfront work. They're pointing us in the right direction. They're narrowing the options and, and it, because they're experts and they know what to, they know what options should be narrowed to. And then we're doing the other half and actually producing a lot of the work. I want you to Google OAC meeting and tell me what shows up as number one on Google. And you'll see like the proof is in the pudding. Yep, of that. It's, it's a snippet. And then that snippet is from a blog that you can guess who made. Yeah. Check, check that out. But let's go back in time a little bit. So like, that's a good example, Al, of a seasoned company. We're, ten, we're 13 years strong at F9. So we, we, we have a, we have, we're seasoned to the point where we have a bigger marketing budget than a startup. If you go all, if we go all the way back to the startup phase, so let's say you're one of those folks. You're listening to this podcast. You're in Bismarck, North Dakota. You're thinking about going off on your own. You know who I'm talking to. Uh -uh. 
and you uh, <clears throat> and but you don't have a big marketing budget, and you don't and you and and, and you don't have even have, have a budget whatsoever to to go and and ask the ask or find the the people that are going to point you in the right direction. One of the best and most cost effective things you can do right away is try to find a mentor that can mentor you through everything. And maybe they're a friend. Maybe they're somebody you partner with. Ours was Jerry Boland. Like, I will be forever in debt and grateful to Mr. Jerry Boland, who's now successfully retired, hanging out with his beautiful wife in Kansas at their beautiful home. Um, but we, we, Alex actually found Jerry, and we started working with him. And he became our mentor. He became our the licensed architect we needed to help us get get towards licensure. And uh, and then the other one would be David Mitchell uh, with Front Range Structural Engineering. He was a structural engineer, and he, we partnered with him. We did most of his all of his drafting, and then we got points for it um, to help us get towards licensure. But it was a mutual business uh, relationship. There's there's also plenty of other options where like the older guard. If there's anything, and especially if they're a father figure type of type of person, they want to leave some sort of legacy and, and be and be a positive impact on the industry. So those guys, honestly, are probably going to be willing to go out to lunch with you, go out and have coffee. Maybe it's once a week, maybe it's once a month, and mentor you through your startup phase and try to help you give you sort of information like we do on this podcast to try to help you avoid mistakes. And so you learn from theirs in that. Um, so the, the third, the third example I'll give you is like, let's say it's not, hasn't, doesn't have really anything to do with business whatsoever. Let's say you want to start a YouTube fishing channel. Let's say you want to start a YouTube rocket channel with your, with your two boys, like Al, mm -hmm. like Al, like Al, I know he wants to do it. I know he wants to make, it's going to be called rocket ships with my boys yep. on YouTube. Check, check them out. <laughs> Is does Al know what kind of equipment he needs to film his stuff? Probably not. Does he know like how to edit the stuff? Probably not. Does he know like where he should store all the film? Probably not. Did I know any of that stuff? No, I did. I did. I didn't know any of it. So what I did when I went and started like my fishing channel, for example, which which it makes a little bit of money, but and it pays for fishing and stuff like that. But the 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 thing that I did by is avoid a like catastrophe happening later on. For instance. If I wouldn't have reached out to Bill McCarthy, who is my videographer friend, and he's a professional, he's worked on many sets, movie sets, all kinds of good, all kinds of like serious Hollywood stuff. I, I emailed him, I called him and I said, hey, Bill, I want to start, I want to start filming my fishing adventures. Tell me what you think I need to just get started. Will you put together an Amazon cart for me? Yep. I'll pay you for it. And then can you come in and show me how everything works? And what he did is he ended up he ended up saying like okay I think you should have at least two cameras one for your chest one that you set on the ground you need to have two external hard drives one for storing um, the stuff you'll be working on and then one once you're done with that you archive it and put it on there because you don't want to blow up your hard drive and literally crash your computer with all of that here's where you can go for a website to get the music that's like uh, royalty free and stuff like that here's how the format I mean it was it was I ended up paying Bill I think like five hundred bucks or something like that. Yep. But the time it saved me and like the pitfalls that I probably avoided, for instance, like crashing the computer or something, invaluable. Listen, the only shortcut, shortcut to the results you want is if a mentor has the very same results and can help you predictively get them. So it's not only just time. I think time's actually the bigger one because time is invaluable. So you just went from literally compressing, learning all those lessons in a year 
to two months, right? Now, if it was a money-making venture and you were going to profit $1,000 or 10000 you went from like two to five years of learning all those lessons to two to five months. Like, yes. And then w- once you hit that level, now you're hitting it until that five years where you wouldn't have gotten it for five years, yeah. right? That's, it, it's just a huge that, difference. That's why it ties into the time. Because it's a short, it's a shortcut to success. Yep, for sure. And and it not not the kind of shortcut where you're cutting corners. That's not what you're doing. You're basically leapfrogging. Like you're you're making it so you can jump further instead of going from rock A to rock C, to rock B. You're going from rock A to rock C. Yep. And and that's why I like too when you know again there's a million ways to do stuff. If you can find someone that can just give you like the way or a couple of options that best fit for you. Then once you get through that learning curve extremely quickly, you still have more time to experiment. Let's say you, you, you got up to speed in two to five months instead of two to five years. The, the next six months after that, you can still experiment. You'll still be way farther ahead, right? So it, it's like getting that system in place and then evolving that system yeah. to you. Yep. Yeah, super important. If you want to take some shortcuts, go to RevitRocketShip.com and get on the rocket and <laughs> you will you shortcut your company. I'm serious, architecture-wise. You will learn Revit in three days. You will be able to train staff in two or three days and have them almost instantly billable. They already know what they... They already... The colleges do a great job about teaching design, 100%. They, yep. they, 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 they crush when it comes to teaching design. Their pitfall is... And you can't really... I mean, honestly, you can't fault them with this. Is like... I'm not sure you can actually do both. So uh, that that would be my suggestion for that. Okay, moving on back to me, right? Yep. Martha Stewart. Got a headline here from CNN Business. We are fair and balanced. Martha Stewart says America will go down the drain if people don't return to office. This was published about two days ago, June 7, 2023, recording on 6-9-2023. From the article, Martha Stewart has waded into the hotly contested remote work debate. In an interview with magazine... Footwear News, the author, TV personality, and entrepreneur slammed hybrid work culture, saying that people cannot possibly get everything done working in three days in the office and two days remotely. Stewart's comments come as more managers push for an end-to-work-for-home trend that took hold more than three years ago at the start of the pandemic. Stewart compared the state of in-person work in the United States to France, calling it, quote, not a very thriving country, end quote. Did you read the, the front part of it, what she said? I didn't know. The what front part? Look, look at the success of France with their stupid, you know, off of August, blah, 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 blah. It's not a very thriving country. Should America go down the drain because people don't want to get back to work? Oh, Question sorry. Right? I missed that part. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was the next part. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. Ahead. I shortcutted it. That's <laughs> I shortcut. That's Got hilarious. Got to there fast. Stewart is not the only high-profile figure struggling advocating for in-person work. The CEOs of many banks, including Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, and asked some employees to re- return to work five days a week in the last two years. More recently, Tesla's CEO, Elon Musk, came down even harder on the work-from-home trend, calling it, quote, morally wrong, end quote. The question of whether in-person work is necessary kicked into high gear three years ago when many companies decided to send most white-collar employees home at the start of the pandemic. Since then, office culture has yet to rebound fully, according to Swipe Data from Castle Systems. This week's average office occupancy still sits at 48% of pre-pandemic levels. That is nuts. This is me now, obviously. Uh, And that... So if you couple in the fact that in some metro markets now, the going rate 
for what you can sell a commercial building for. And yes, the Federal Reserve and put them pushing up the interest rates have a lot to do with this. But also, uh, it's not valuable real estate if people aren't going or need the real estate to do their jobs, right? Some markets are seeing a 60% reduction in the price they could get for their building. Yep. Like the tallest building in Denver just this last week is uh, had had like um, it's it's less valuable than when it first got built. That's how bad it is, right? Yep. So when you couple that with Martha's statement about uh, not a very thriving country, do you see how that ties into it? Like if we have a commercial real estate crash because there's no demand for the commercial real estate, we are in big big trouble. So it's not just about the productivity. Like if the people who are listening to this, if some of them believe this mantra, it takes a village. Doesn't isn't this part of it takes a village, right? It takes a village to have a country. I, I think it's a, an existential sort of question because, of course, as an individual, you might be able to be more productive at home. Lance, you, me, whatever. Yeah. A, a, other people listening to it, but <clears throat> what is it? Go, uh, you know, go fast, go alone, go far, go together. Th- there is a a opportunity here. Uh, in America where jobs are coming back, productivity is coming back, and it's all in the light of global competition. And and you need to be aware of that. And you need to be aware that if if you don't have children, you might have children, and they need to be in a system that is competitive and productive. And if not, you're creating a static welfare state that might go down the drain because other countries are not going to sit by and just and just just be rolled over so uh jobs are moving back jobs should move back but they can't move back if they're uncompetitive and if you want to go far you need to go together and i know that you can go fast alone but you can't go very far that way yeah if you want a short run you know like people often compare when they want to Oh, the United States, if you, you know, there's a lot of great places in Europe, but um, there's a lot of poverty in other places, and, and, and uh, you should be glad that you're here. You should be glad, but then also, too, you should work to maintain it. it, it it's not guaranteed it's going to continue. Don't tell me that there can't be slums in the United States when you see them in San Francisco, Philly, L.A. Like, you didn't think it could probably sp- uh, spread to how far it is now. Who's to say it can't go 10 times more? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Who's to say it can't get 10 times bigger? Because it has gotten 10 times bigger than what it was. Mm-hmm. It has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Next thing I wanted to talk about today, because it's just it, we're, the buzz isn't going to stop. Matter of fact, I just did a panel yesterday that will come out, I think, in the next month with four other, one podcaster and then two other uh, industry experts, but they were from like marketing and a LinkedIn expert. And the the panel that we did, it was a podcast, was all about AI. So they had me on as the, the construction industry expert talking about it, and I've got an article pulled up here. The, the best 25 architecture AI tools in the field and why you should use them. We won't go through all of them. I just wanted to highlight a few of them. Yep. That people are that people are using. Did any stick out to you, Al? Well, that one, were new. <coughs> yeah, one. We're using the new Photoshop with AI to instantly put landscape in some of our real pictures. Where b- landscape budget always gets cut. It always gets cut. It's always last. The house is built. People are moved in, and there's no landscaping there. So we're already using that in Photoshop right now. Yep. 
I was actually going to try to look that up um, while I was talking about that. Let me get back to the article here. Here's here's how it works. The Photoshop one is, I think, what everyone one that everybody should take a look at. So, like, if let's say you take a you have a rendering and it has no landscape whatsoever, there's a tool in there. Take take a look at it, and maybe Al can actually find the the YouTube thing, and then yeah. I'll pull it up here and we can take a look at it um, on my computer and, and on YouTube. Other obvious ones are Mid Journey. There's a new one called Make It AI. Um, and it's a another software platform developed by architects to rapidly generate multiple design operations. Um, there's some big ones that everybody kind of knows about that are that are important that are that are like these guys. If you think about it, these guys were bleeding edge. TestFit, TestFit IO is huge um, because of what they can do with when you're planning out a building like an infill building in uh, whatever whatever major city giant we've used it before i think that one's like a no-brainer to use so if i had my if i had my top three it would be use the photoshop ai use the test fit ai and i was going to find the uh the youtube video here and then the last one is chat gpt that one's an easy one um but check out this article so it's at arc20.com if you just google what is it called yeah the top the best 26 architecture AI tools in the field, why you should use them. And then Al's got it pulled up here for the YouTube. We're going to check out how it works. Yep. So uh, this person is typing in to put a sleeping uh, fluffy gray cat in an image. And if we could show it, there you go. You get different options, and it, put it, it puts it in. There's a whole bunch you can do. It's called Generative Fill AI. Yeah, Photoshop AI Generative Fill. Yep. So he has a picture of uh, the desert and just put it in a car. I actually, I <laughs> did I show you? Oh, no, my, my uh, two-second lean is coming up this Wednesday. Okay. I put in a car in my rendering in Photoshop. Awesome. Because I, there wasn't a good one in, in Enscape and all that. So Yeah. Um, so what you're doing is you're basically making a selection in Photoshop, which almost anybody can do. It. That's like one of the top left tools if, if you open up Photoshop. And then you're just and then you're just giving it this command to do. Are we going to show some landscape here? Generating hair. Yeah. Importance of selections. Backgrounds. Generating backgrounds. Yeah. So this guy now there's like this this image of this fella, and they're just using a generative fill, and it's going to fill in with the command um, mountains with trees and lake, and he's got a mountains Look with trees that. and lake. It's <laughs> totally nuts. Yeah. It's totally nuts. So you can imagine as an architect if you're doing uh, oh perfect here's a composite oh awesome so like here's a perfect example there oh, you go oh man overcast like sky with mountains it was a crappy background before that they fixed it if you have a rendering that is just a building that's sitting on like your typical moonscape that you get out of like Enscape or 3ds Max or whatever this will save you time if you if you're like me and Al right you grew up in the uh, if you graduated in like the uh, early 2000s from college, you will remember spending hours and hours and hours and hours photoshopping in trees and stuff like that. And this is the greatest because now you can just focus on your building, yes. get all your materials, you can generate the foreground and the background. Done. And that's the critical thing. I think that's why I just we keep bringing up the AI. I totally understand. I, I said this on the panel yesterday too. I, I get that people are freaked out about it. They think it's going to take their job. It's going to maximize, if you use it correctly, yes. the enjoyable parts about your job. That's what I'm hopeful for, and that's how we need to utilize it f for it all. There are plenty of jobs out there for people. I'm not worried about that. 
we're going to be fine. If anything, maybe it'll push people back to the trades because we desperately need more more trades uh, folks to, to do things. But don't be afraid of it. Lean into it. Check out the article. And those three things, especially the Photoshop one, this one has been huge for us in the last two weeks. Well, so so t- take a design that's already done. Say it's 2008. For you to place everything, render, and Photoshop is honestly a two-day journey because it, it had to do that. It had to render, take that long time. Yeah. You had to place everything. You had to go in Photoshop. It's a two-day journey, right? Um, in today's era before AI, it, it got pressed to literally like s- six hours maybe because you put the materials in, Enscape. Now you put in a whole bunch of trees and maybe a little bit of Photoshop. Now it's getting compressed to two hours. You literally building, generate the rest, and you're just done. So like, did it take your job or did it really just make you focus on what you're doing? Which did it is take the your all nighters away? Like, why aren't we thinking about it like that? Yeah. Did it take? Did it working take, from sixty to forty hours? Yeah. You? Did it take those twenty hours away that you don't have to work sixty hours a night? You can spend it with your family. You can go fishing. You can build rockets. All kinds of cool stuff. Rockets. Cool. All right. Well, we, our good friend David Goggins is back. Again. Love it. And he's got some stuff to say. Here we go. You want to go run? You go run. You don't want to go swim? You go swim. You don't want to make your bed? You make your bed. You don't want to clean your house? You clean your house. You don't want to study? You study. That's how you start to callous your mind. It's going to suck. It's not going to be fun. Do something that sucks every single day of your life. That's how you grow. You don't want to go to the office? <laughs> go to the go office. Go to the office. Do something that sucks every day of your life. That's how you grow. Yeah. I love it. Let's bring down the team for ARE Jeopardy. Okay, <clears throat> question number one. What is not a architecture fee type? Is it A, fixed fee? B, cost per square foot? C, percentage of value? D, percentage of construction cost. CCC. C is correct. That's what a lot of people are trying to get to and explain to their client that we're a percentage of the value, uh, but it's not one. All right. Question number two What is not a construction fee type? Is it A, lump sum? B, guaranteed maximum price? C, bid guaranteed? D, cost plus? Okay. Jason. It is C, bid guaranteed. That's guaranteed maximum price, and cost plus is cost plus. Yep. Number three, what is the minimum clear width required for an accessible route in a commercial building according to the Americans with Disabilities Act slash ADA? Is it A, 24 inches, B, 30 inches, C, 36 inches, D, 48 inches? <coughs> what is the minimum clear width for an accessible route? in a commercial building, according to the Americans with Disabilities Act. Correct answer is C, 36 inches. What do we got for scores? Three for three. All three for three? Ooh, this one's going to throw you guys off. It's taking long. According to the International Building Code, what is the minimum number of required exits for a building with an occupant load of 1,000 people? Is it A, one exit, B, two exits, C, three exits, D, four exits? According to the International Building Code, what is the minimum required number of required exits for a building with an occupant load of 1,000 people? The correct answer is C, three exits. 
Jason. Jason. Where are we going? Is it up to 999? Yes. That's what I was guessing. Yeah. Yep. Do you know Runza has? It says best wow. burger around wow. on a sign out there. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, that is it. Lance, take us out. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, leave us a positive comment. If you're listening on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Send us gifts. We'll see you next week.